Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickson with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And one of us made the right prediction on the winner, and that person was not me. Yeah, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, and, and I'll tell you, I, you know, I should have been more bold in my score prediction because I do believe, I'm almost certain I said on, on there, and I almost even thought, boy, this might sound stupid, but it turned out to be right. I said, you know, could be lowest scoring, kind of like Washington, maybe the first to 20 wins. Well, neither team got to 20, um, but we were the first to 16, and therefore we're the winner. For the Sun Devils, the 16-13 victory over number 15, Michigan State. The Spartans had a 10-point lead going into the fourth quarter. ASU closing out with two Brandon Reese field goals sandwiched around a Manny Wilkins to Nikhil Harry touchdown. Yeah. And I think we need to start with where I my game ball. If I have one game ball to give away, I'm giving it to Rennell Wren. He, the stats don't back it yeah. up, but that guy just dominated the line of scrimmage well, and set I the think, tone for the defense. Yeah, I, I think that's fair, and I, I think overall, I mean, you know, we'll we'll talk about you know Manny and Nikhil Harry and Brandon Reese and all those things, but overall, I think the defense just in general gets gets it for me. I mean, the offense took a while to get going. Never really got going. I mean, the last two drives were the were the best two drives, both you know the touchdown and then the field goal where we we you know we stopped and settled for a field goal um, to win it in the last play. But um, the defense kept us in it the entire way. Um, and and uh, uh, you know one of the things I, I was thinking last night after the game, and it's something we've talked about a lot over the years, you know, in relation to just defensive football overall, but especially with ASU, is. That you know, even if you're not the best defense, you want to make teams earn it with long drives because long drives will a lot of times lead to a mistake that then short shortens the drive. Uh, you know, makes the drive either a field goal or backs it out a field goal range, and that's what happened last night. They moved the ball, Michigan State did, and they had some success, but they never had any big plays. And, and they never had a real explosive play. We made them earn it, and a few times they short-circuited on the way to earning it. I think hand-in-hand with that is the job Michael Sleep Dalton did. Now that he's getting to, uh-huh. kick, to kick with his proper foot, you are seeing yeah. that he is a legit weapon as a puncher. Yeah, yeah. I mean, two punts inside the five. Um, yeah, he was, he was very solid, as was their punter. Uh, that you know did a nice job when he was when he was in there and then he got hurt late. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I just thought we, um, I thought it was a game that early on took on the feeling of okay, it's a it's a field position game. Um, you know, we had a drive. I think it was our second drive of the game. We went three and out to start. You know, where we we were backed up and we got it to about midfield. We didn't get anything, but it felt like, okay, that's a good drive. You know, this is how this game's going to be. We need to flip the field. And now they took that. We punted it down to the one. They took it and, and, you know, went all the way down. I think ended up kicking a field goal. That was their first points. Mm -hmm. And you and I talked, you know, or texted in that drive. And then, you know, another drive later in half. And we made the point, boy, it feels like they are getting what they want. And and in in a way it did. But the difference was, when they were getting what they wanted, it was it was maybe a ten yard play, an eight yard play, a twelve yard play, which they're going to have. I mean, they're a good team, and and you know we're not going to get them three and out every single drive, but we made them earn their way. We were in position to make plays, 
and and it was a real change from some of the things we've seen defensively over the last few years. Um, even when they made plays, I felt like it was because they made a play. It wasn't because we made it easy on them. The defensive line did a great job controlling the line of scrimmage, especially in the run game. There were yeah. a couple times, and you mentioned you know picking up 11 yards, Connor Hayward's longest run of the game was 11 right. yards, which other than Manny's last drive you know, quarterback right. draw was basically the longest running play of the game either way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, overall, 27 carries for 63 yards. Obviously, the sacks are included. The two sacks right. are included in that. But, you know, they had a couple little jet sweeps and picked up, yeah. you know, nine or seven yards when they caught us. But there wasn't a 30-yard run when no, they caught us. No, there was us. not. No, no. And and what was their longest pass play? I don't think it was. It was 31 had, to Cody White. And that was probably, was that the touchdown? I believe it was. And then they had another one where, where Lewerke, who I will say overall I thought was pretty good. His numbers don't jump off the page, but I thought he was pretty solid. He, he rolled out and, and, you know, and it looked like it was a throwaway, but he knew what he was doing, obviously. He kind of just flung it down the field and the guy came underneath it. Um, but... Again, you know, the 31-yard touchdown, it was good defense. I mean, we got pressure. He stood in there, took a hit, delivered the ball, and, and whoever it was, I don't know, remember. I think it was Chase Whoever Lucas. it was, was Chase Lucas. I mean, he was in position. The guy made a great catch. Like, that's going to happen sometimes. I, I, I mean, think that's you the could, thing. I think you could say the other way on our touchdown pass, the same thing. Right. You know, exactly. it was single yeah. coverage. They they brought pressure. The safety had drifted. It was the first time they didn't have a safety yeah. over the top. It felt like all night. And Manny right. threw a ball, trusting that Harry would get it. The same thing uh, that yeah. the workies did for Cody White. Exactly. And sometimes that's going to happen. I mean, I think I think sometimes you know because we look at it from the ASU perspective, and and of course there's such frustration over the last few years, especially about our defense. That I, you know, I fell into it last night. You know, it's third and ten, and they throw a twelve-yard pass, and you think, ah, "Here we go again, more of the same." No, it, you know, it's it's you know, again to use that cliche, they're on scholarship too. Their coaches get paid too. They're gonna make some plays, but the plays they made weren't backbreakers. You know, yeah, okay, you give up a third and long, eh, you know, you don't love it, but it's gonna happen. You don't want to give up too many. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to make third and ten and give up a forty-yard play. If you give up 15 yards, you know, you, you, you another set of downs, and, and then you see if they make a mistake, and they did. You know, they had two really good drives in the first half. One, I believe, got kind of stopped or shortened by a penalty, and they ended up kicking a field goal. And the other, they, you know, they throw a deflected pass, you know, gets tipped around in the end zone, we intercept it. So instead of giving up 14 points, it's three points, and even though we didn't score at all in the first half, you know, 3 nothing is certainly a manageable deficit, and it, it proved to be. One thing you mentioned, which goes hand-in-hand hand with the improvement and how this is a different defense, other than the uh, Crosswell penalty, a- ASU only as a team committed four penalties for 40 yards, and I believe yeah. that, if my memory serves, that was the only one that led directly to a first down. Yeah, which, yeah, I think so. Know, that's a way to keep teams right. down is if you it don't was. do the if you don't give them the gift first down right that right. then you force these longer drives you force and, these and then, difficult plays and then see if they make mistakes and they did a couple times they had a chop block that you know backed them up to a first to 25 they had a uh, 
a fumble, you know, Lewerke got sacked and fumbled. They ended up recovering it, but it was, you know, set up third and, you know, 30-something. Um, you know, Well, on the final drive, third and 10, uh, right. pass interference on Justin Lane against Nikhil right. Harry. And, right, you know, exactly, yeah, down. yeah. So, I mean, there were, there were um, I mean, I just, I really thought overall, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a work of art. It wasn't, you know, an instant classic, but I thought it was a well-played game. I thought both teams, um, you know, not to use a Rashid Wallace, but both teams played very hard. It was a well-fought, competitive game. Um, neither team, you know, neither team seemed like they were mailing it in. Um, and, and it looked like we could, you know, at 13-3. to three, When they score that touchdown, you know, I'm sure you had the same feeling I did, which is, uh, okay, we might be just about done here. We had hung in, hung in, hung in. They get a touchdown into the third quarter or close to it. And you think, all right, is this it? You know, are we going to go three and out? They score again. It's twenty to three, and then, you know, then you're, you know, curtains. Well, we hung in there. We got a field goal on that next drive, and then the defense did everything it needed to the rest of the way. I mean, the fourth quarter was picture perfect. You know, defensive stops, and uh, you know, offense came through with with the two best drives of the game. You, you can't ask for much better execution in the fourth quarter. One thing about the defense, guys who either weren't with the team last year or weren't big contributors on the defensive right. side of the ball. So let's, let's go through this. Jalen Harvey, 10 tackles, yeah. no penalties. Merlin Robinson, nine tackles, eight oh. solo with a sack and a half. And just he was great last night, yeah. The uh-huh. back, and the sack and a half came on back-to-back plays where he got, he got the half sack with Slade and then came off the edge on the next play, and that's when he forced the fumble that set up the third and really long. So, yeah, he was really solid. Darius Slade, like you mentioned, half a sack. Crosswell, four tackles. One bad penalty, but four tackles. Yeah. Darian Butler, two tackles, solo, three overall, and all over the field. Uh, I thought that was a very impressive game from him. Yeah, Foreman yeah. had a couple tackles, good pressures. And, and the other thing that... I, you know, we don't talk about much, but under this system, one of the great things that Danny Gonzalez has done is install these packages and have the guys learn them. You don't see, when right. the, you, it, at least as an untrained observer, you don't see mm-hmm. any plays where it looks like, oh boy, that guy was just lost in space. He had no, no idea what exactly, to go. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. I mean, that was the thing that really, uh, I, I, I guess, you know, that was a, what I kind of thought in conjunction with that, making them earn it making them take long drives is just that because yeah, even when they made a play, even when they, you know, and there were a few that were like, you know, ah, man, third and long guy, you know, the work, he makes a good throw or receivers right there to make a play. We were in position to then make a tackle and, and, you know, okay. If they threw, you know, 15 yards on third and 10 and the guy made the catch, he got 15 yards. He didn't go get 35 yards. And that was, that was something that seemed like such a hallmark. And, and look, I don't come here to bury Todd Graham. Todd Graham did some good things. Uh, you know, you and I, I think, have been pretty uh, fair in our assessment of the teams under Todd Graham. You know, not overly positive or negative. Um, but one cannot dispute that the defenses the last, you know, two to three years, especially 15 and 16, were just not good enough. And and they, they made those mistakes all the time. And, and it's nice, at least in two games so far, and that's all it is, to not be seeing that. And hopefully it will keep up. There hasn't been the play where two defensive backs are guarding three receivers. Right, Which right, is a good yeah. thing that, that Danny Gonzalez took that out of the playbook defensively. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, they, they, they do seem... Um, 
well coached and, and exactly what you said they they seem to be they know there doesn't seem to be a lot of priests now we've been at home you know and then we'll see how this travels on the road and stuff like that but there doesn't seem to be a lot of pre-snap you know looking around like oh god what am i supposed to do arguing with your you know teammates saying uh, you get here no you get here you know guys seem to know where they're supposed to be and they're in the right place and yeah it's it's uh it's very solid you know i mean and, and it's not dominant um because we gave up a fair amount of yards, we gave up a fair amount of first downs, but it's it's a solid defensive approach to this point that you know, in two games has yielded uh, twenty total points and two touchdowns. That's that's not bad. And and you start you know you start asking now, can this defense be a strength and not just an average uh, you know not so bad of a weakness, which is what we were hoping for. Maybe it can be better than that. No, it's only two games, but. Two games is a sixth of your season, and so far it's it's been a strength. So we'll see if that can keep up. Well, when we were previewing the season, we were talking about can the defense be average enough mm-hmm. to, to keep us in game so that the offense can go win it, right? And you know, week one they were good and the offense was good yeah. and it didn't matter. But this one, the defense not only were they average and kept the offense in it, they kept the game afloat because they that, did. like you they said, did. you know. If that Tadalatasi interception is a touchdown, if Lurkey right. isn't pressured, that guy catches that ball. That's that ball's right. on target. This is a completely different feeling. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had opportunities to take the game away from us in the first half, and even early in the third quarter. Um, and and the you know the, the defensive effort was just really good. Now again, this is not the most explosive offense. You know, we kind of talked about that in leading up to the game. That this is this is not a team that comes in and and you know hangs thirty five and a half on you. And we will face some teams that can do that. However, uh, I mean, like, and we'll we'll probably get into some of what we saw in the Pac twelve. But um, are we seeing that so far in the Pac twelve? Not not tremendously. Oregon maybe looks really good, but they have not played anybody yet, and they don't for a couple weeks. So we don't really know too much about how good they are comparatively. Um, you know, some of the other teams that were expected to be good in the Pac-12 have not looked that good. And Stanford, USC was a low-scoring affair. Um, you know, Washington ended up putting up 45 points, but it was 17 for three quarters against North Dakota. So, you know, like you look around and think, maybe this is not going to be that unmanageable of a, of, against some offenses, and and maybe our defense can be something that's an asset rather than a weakness. We'll see. Time will tell on that. If nothing else, we are throwing looks at teams that they won't necessarily have seen before um, right, in the right. conference because no one plays this defense in the conference yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, and, and maybe that is – well, I mean, obviously we haven't faced a conference team yet, but, but you know, um, that is certainly, I think, you know, helping right now. And that was what we both hoped. We both said that, I think, independently – you know, prior to the season, which was, you know, maybe some of the inexperience of this defense will be counterbalanced by the fact that, you know, it's a new scheme and, and teams don't have film on how to attack it. Um, you know, yeah, they could watch San Diego State, but the fact that this guy was only a defensive coordinator at San Diego State for one year, I believe. So he hasn't been a long-time defensive coordinator with a lot of looks. Um, and we've got a lot of different personnel than what we had last year, too. So it's, it's probably somewhat difficult to scout against us right now because you don't quite know where guys are going to be, what they're going to be doing. 
Um, and, and guys are, are executing that stuff well. It comes down to both, you know. I mean, if you, if you don't have – it doesn't matter how easy or hard it is to scout against you. If you don't have guys in position to make plays, you're going to get run over. And so far, we have not. Let's flip over to the offensive side of the ball. The running game could not get any traction. Which, no, it could not. You know, that was a fear you and I had was that Michigan State would be able to control the trenches both ways. But I felt like right. ASU – equally stop their running game. Um, although, yes. in fairness, Michigan State sort of went away from it when L.J. Scott got hurt. You know, Connor they Hayward did. only had five carries. Ladarius Jefferson had three. And then they had they two did, which was a bit of a play. surprise. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, uh, it became a very heavy, heavily pass-oriented game for both sides in the second half, which was unusual for such a low-scoring game. Usually you think not. But, yeah, it was a lot of throwing by both teams in the second half. But for ASU, Manny Wilkins ended 30 of 48, 380 yards. Uh, the key touchdown to Nikhil Harry, obviously uh, the biggest offensive play of the game as far as impact on the outcome. But, you know, the interception he threw was under pressure and he elevated the ball. He, yeah. he was high on pretty much every deep ball he threw until the Harry touchdown pass. Right. Right, yeah, he was he was just a bit off. It seemed like I mean, it seemed like there was one to Darby in the first half um, where he had him and he threw it too far, and then there was one to Chapman in the in I believe the third quarter. I want to say I can't remember which which quarter it was. It was going toward the north end that he overthrew him just a little. There was one on the previous drive before the touchdown to Harry that he overthrew him just a little. He seemed a little a little you know off on those but 30 48 still a pretty good night now we started out the game with a lot of short stuff a lot of swing passes and and you know kind of the first two or three drives looked like a noel mazzoni offense um but then it opened up a little and we started to be more aggressive and i gotta say like i didn't, I didn't know what his numbers were so you just read them to me and they look they sound pretty good had they not i would still say that was that was a very impressive game from him. I thought he was in command. I thought he looked very composed. He never seemed rattled. I thought he he looked to run when the time was right to do it, but didn't force it. wasn't eager to run. Uh, he looked like a third year starting quarterback, which is exactly what you hope. You know, you hope to see a guy start to look like this is just second nature, and that's what it looked like last night. I was I was very impressed and confident in him and, and that's that's a nice feeling to have Manny did rush the ball for 25 yards and that is after you deduct some sacks and negative plays yeah. took, uh, including kneel downs at the end the one thing about the receivers last week Harry had six catches and no one else really did much of anything this no. week Kyle Williams led the team with seven catches for 104 yards it was nice to see him back yeah uh, look good yeah made some big plays had the had the big play right before the the Harry touchdown that got us down the field. I mean, that was a two play drive, um, a long throw to him, and then the touchdown to Harry. And I think possibly the single best offensive play call of the night was the screen pass to Eno Benjamin. Yes, um, yes. We had we had maybe intentionally, maybe inadvertently set up for that by not running the ball for much of the game, and <laughs> certainly much of the second half, because they were pinning their ears back and coming after Manny, and, and really. Yeah taking it to our offensive line in a couple spots. Yeah. Um, but he flips it out to Eno, who had the entire right side of the field to himself. Yeah, for a 25 that, yard was the, uh, 
So that was the third and ten on the on the last drive, right? Yeah. Is that, is that the same play I'm thinking of? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, Eno didn't have, I don't know what his, his uh, rushing numbers were. I know they weren't good. 13 to 27. Yeah, yeah. And and that was with uh, 10 yards on, on the last drive there. He had a six-yard carry and a four-yard carry. Uh, you know, to get us that first goal. Those were his longest two, of, two rushes of the game. I okay, I was going to say, I think the six yard was probably his longest run of the game. And I, yeah, I, I thought that just from watching it. But he was a factor in the passing game as well. He, he looked, uh, he looked like, a, you know, and, and that's going to be, I mean, we, you know, we've, we've discussed that just in general with football now. That's part of your running game is, is those short passes. And he was catching a lot of them. How many receptions did he end up with? He ended with six catches for 54 yards. Okay. I was going to guess probably five, five to seven, somewhere in there. Yeah. So, you know, he was, he was solid. It wasn't his best running night. But, you know, again, they got a good defense. And, and they, you know, some of that was just them being really stout against the run. And I think we'll, you know, we'll see that probably over the course of the year. That's going to be a good run defense. They got, you know, a lot of starters back. They're always a good defense, regardless, it seems like. So, yeah, it was it was not a night where we were going to have those gigantic holes like we had against UTSA. Guys were going to be able to just run free for, you know, 15, 20 yards before getting hit. Um, but we found a way. And, and uh, yeah, it was it was heavy pass. But, I, you know, that seemed like the right way to go. Um We'll see if that continues. You know, you and I now both have, have noticed in the first two games and made this made the comment that it seems like, you know, Rob Likens favors the passing game. Um, so far, that's what we've seen. But, you know, we'll see if that continues or not. Um, it, it was the right course of action last night, at least. The other things in the receiving core that I thought was impressive, uh, Brandon Ayuk, two catches, 28 yards, also made a really nice catch, wound up landing out of bounds. Um, yeah, on a, yeah, sort well, of a circus, circus catch and he really it's one of those things it, it's tough to fault him it looked mm-hmm. like his foot was going to land inbounds but then he kicked it up because I'm not sure he as he was flipping knew where right. he was exactly and when he right. kicked it up his back touched first out his of back touched yeah 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 I thought it was close I was I was on you know I had a good angle on that sideline and and I, I thought that he was in actually in live time. Then they showed the replay on the board, and I could see he didn't actually get a foot down. It looked like he could have, but yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I thought he was good. I thought, you know, and we got contributions from a lot of guys. I don't, again, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but well, you had but, you, know, you had Newsom with three catches for forty-five. Ryan thing. Jenkins two for twenty-four. Frank Darby, even though he and Manny could not seem to get on yeah. the same page, did have two yeah. catches for twenty-one yards. Yeah, and yeah. a tight end caught two balls. Tommy Hudson yeah. two catches for fifteen yards and bowled yeah. over a couple people. Right, right. I mean, it seemed to be like it wasn't a situation where every time you know, and that's it's just a feel. Like I guess it's you know sometimes it's different in the stadium too because you don't see the whole thing like you do on TV. But you know, like I didn't have the feel of every time Manny was throwing, we were throwing to the same guy or the same two guys. Like different, you know. I mean, you just you almost see numbers. I, you know, it's so early in the year that some of these guys I don't even know. I know Williams is ten and Harry is one, but you know, it's like uh, okay, there's seventeen. Who's seventeen? And Newsom, yeah, okay, good. You know, we're fourteen. There's eighty-four. There's nineteen. Like guys were. Guys were in there. I don't know if Chapman had any catches. I know I saw him on the field a few times. He did not have a catch. Um, he was targeting on a deep ball where it looked like he got behind the secondary, ball. but Manny he did. 
He missed him. Yep, yep. And I want to say that might have been early fourth quarter because it was later in the game. I'm pretty sure that he that mm-hmm. and it, it had a chance. Um, but yeah, that that uh, it looked like a very deep receiver group, which it's supposed to be. I mean, that's that's one of the things. Much as we talk about the defense and how we've been surprised by it, you know, we both thought the receiver group was going to be a strength of this team, and last night it definitely was. Another guy who you didn't see was Curtis Hodges, and I know he hasn't really been on the field much no. at all, but the one time, and I texted it to you, the one time where yeah. it seemed like he should have been was on our first scoring drive when we got inside the goal to go. Yeah. Eno Benjamin yeah. run for nothing, throw late to Nikhil Harry right. on the sidelines with double coverage, uh, inside help, which allowed the corner to just pass yeah. the ball away, and then a fade to the six-foot Darby. Darby felt like yeah. a Curtis Hodges middle of the field or Curtis Hodges jumper right. in the corner uh, might have been worth taking a shot at there, assuming he was healthy and available, which I yeah, haven't I, heard he I wasn't. I haven't heard he wasn't, but I don't remember seeing him on the field at all last night. Now, maybe he was. Uh, he might have played special teams, but I guess on, on offense, I don't recall seeing him in. Now, I did – I. You know, I couldn't tell you that with 100% certainty and, you know, chart every snap from just watching it live. But I'm sure if he was in, he wasn't in much. If I had one other criticism of the game, and it was one that I shared as it was happening, uh, they needed and did go to Ryan Newsom on punt returns because Brandon Ayuk was tentative and it cost us a couple times not running up to catch the ball, make a fair catch then fielding one on a bounce and almost fielding yeah. a second on a bounce. The one that got over his head, which was a great punt, again, not to take away from what Michigan State did, but it got over his head, and then he chases it down inside the tan, and like, oh, my God, please don't touch the ball. And he didn't. But, you know, thankfully he, he you know, realized at the last minute, like, it, you know, I, I remember there was a game under Graham. I cannot remember the game. I guess this show's getting old. I can, I can you know go back and remember some of these things. I can't remember the specifics, but play like that. Punt goes over your head, and the guy tries to field it, and he ends up muffing it. And they, they're like, don't compound the mistake. You've already let it go over your head. Just just leave. And and uh, he almost did. He thought about doing so, but he, he ended up uh, at the last minute making the right decision. But that was also his last time out as a punt returner uh, after that one. The, the rest of the game was Newsom, and he seemed much more confident. Yeah, very much. Um I think it was a good adjustment. I, I think that that actually, the fact that they went to Newsom shows a lot about this coaching staff. They will yeah. make adjustments. They're not married yeah. to any of these guys. It's one of the perks, I think, of being new and not having these be your guys. True, true, true. Well, you pointed out one that um, continued off and on in the second half, not for the entire second half, but it was a, it was a good one. Um, that on the first drive of the third quarter, even though it didn't result in points, we put Nikhil Harry in the slot. And it made a difference on what they were doing because they had number two. I don't know who it was, but number two was on him all night. And I on that, that drive, was at least, Lane. was it Lane? Okay, I knew. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, on that first drive, he wasn't on him, and it opened some space up for him. Now then, they they adjusted back and put him in the slot when Harry was in. You know, but then they even moved him in motion a couple times. I saw there were there was once where Harry went in. You know, pre snap motion. And, so they, they were doing some things that you'd think, you know, okay, you know, they they were doing a good job. As you said, they had, you know, a, a man assigned him all night, and then usually a safety would roll over. And sometimes it was late. I, I would watch it a few times because I'm thinking, oh, do you have one-on-one? And then they'd slide a guy over kind of at the last second. And 
try to disguise it well, and they they did from you know from what I saw. Now I'm sure you know Manny Wilkins being a quarterback probably saw it coming a little bit more than I did, but um, you know they they did some good things, but we made some adjustments to also open it up and. You know, it was it was a night where Harry wasn't going to catch every ball that, that we wanted him to catch because, again, they played good defense on him, but he made enough plays, and he made the biggest play with a great catch, uh, you know, uh, just the type of play that, that an All-American receiver needs to make when the game's on the line, and he came through with it. On that play, uh, they broke it down on TV, and, and the thing Greg McElroy said about what Manny did was on the pre-snap read, he saw that the one safety high had drifted over to the middle of the field uh-huh. and then had started walking further and further to the right. And so when Manny took the snap, he didn't look him off or anything. He just threw it up for Harry, knowing that there was no chance that the safety was going to yeah, be able to make it back in time. Even though the safety yeah. was trying to come back, he just went a little too far trying to bait that throw. Didn't have enough. Yeah, and, and again, that's, that's a veteran quarterback. That's a guy who's seen things been out there seeing these defenses and their schemes and you know i mean it just it goes a long way and this is this is one of the reasons that preseason you know i said i don't know that i'm gonna be you know satisfied or that i feel like this is a team just you know gonna scratch out five wins or six wins like we've got a veteran quarterback and a good offense around him it's not like he's on his own and and so there should be a little bit higher expectation not saying that even now i'm not i'm not saying we're gonna go on and you know, win the Pac-12. I mean, there's still there's still weaknesses on this team. There's still flaws that will be exposed on the road and against better teams and things like that. Um, but you know, yeah, I was I was incredibly impressed with with Wilkins last night. There were just a few plays. There was a play, I believe, in the second quarter where he was you know he was in the gun as he was most of the night, and he took the snap and he looked over. You can see he made like two or three even probably reads to try to throw. None of them were there, so he took off and ran. And he ended up getting a first down, but it just showed it showed immense maturity to me that he didn't he didn't just panic right away. He stood in there for for just a couple extra seconds, wasn't there, so he ran, and it worked out. Um, the um, you know there was a play late in the first half, right before he threw the pick, where he was under pressure. Guy kind of dives at his feet, and he just he just slipped away from him, took one step to the left, and then threw. Rather than, again, you know, get panicky and look down at the rush, he just kind of, you know, slid in the pocket. It was those little things last night that I I loved seeing that, I, honestly, I haven't seen the last two years. But he looks like he's got the maturity and experience now to do that. The article by Doug Haller about him made it sound like he had a lot of confidence. And there was a feature article about him by yeah. Haller, I believe, when he was with the Republic, too, talking about his offseason right. and, and his recommitment. Uh to the program and dealing with some of the adversity he had during the time he was here. Very impressive. Uh, Obviously his life story and his backstory is all very impressive, but uh, you know, a good win for the devils. And when you look around the rest of the PAC 12 running through it quickly, uh, Oklahoma beat UCLA at Oklahoma 49, 21 Washington, as you said, put away North Dakota 45 to three, but it was, uh, 21 points coming in the fourth quarter in that game for the Huskies. Um, Oregon dominating Portland State. Again, not playing anyone, but they won 62-14. No, and they don't this week either. I think they play San Jose State this week. So, yeah, uh, the the jury will still be out on Oregon for a little bit longer. I would say the second most impressive victory behind ASU in the non-conference was Colorado going into Nebraska and spoiling Scott Frost's return. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would say, uh, I, I think we, you know, we talked about it last week, and I said, I think you could argue just based on week one alone that Colorado and ASU look like the most impressive teams in the division. Well, after week one and two alone, I think you'd still say that. Uh, I mean, they, they've looked pretty good, and ASU's looked pretty good. And it's funny because they, you know, at least right now, it's early. Nobody's played a conference game yet among those at least, and, and USC's only played one. Um, but they were, you know, 5-6. So right now, I think it's fair to say they'd be 1-2 if you did a uh, power ranking of the South teams just based on this season so far. Utah, for the second week in a row, struggled early. They were down 3 nothing to Northern Illinois at halftime. Yeah. It was on the yeah. road. Uh, wound up coming back and winning 17-6, to but... Yeah, you know, after the Weber State game and, and struggling only in that before you know hitting the afterburners, yeah. this was not the rebound you wanted to see. No, it looks like they're going to be the you know the kind of classic Utah team, and that they're going to play really good defense, and they're going to have an offense that can do just enough to win games, but not put anybody away. And uh, yeah, that that's another that's another one that right now you look at and say, well, we play them. Could we play them in a game kind of similar to what we just played? Yeah, and, and we just proved we can win a game like that. So gives you confidence about, you know, situations like Stanford and, and them and, you know, games like that that are upcoming that may take on a very similar feel. As that game was playing out last night, I thought immediately of Stanford because, yeah. you know, Stanford beat USC 17-3. to They yeah. had 14-0 at Similar time of game. Yeah, um, yep. just the grinded-out, low-scoring kind of game. It, I'm not saying that... ASU will be able to contain Bryce Love the way they were able to contain Michigan State's running game. But I'd be surprised if Love repeats what he did last year. Um, uh, yeah, so far, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the weaknesses of, of the defense certainly don't look to be as obvious as they were last year when he when he tore us apart. And, you know, we don't have the leading indicator with uh, Rashad Penny to let us know how bad it is. True, true, um, true. Well, now we do got a good running back next week. Um, but they struggled last night. They, I mean, they were down to Sacramento State, I think, in the, at halftime or in the second quarter. They ended up winning by two touchdowns. But um, they were home against a, you know, an FCS team and struggled a bit. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you look around and that, that, that November stretch that I talked about as being so uncertain. You know, Oregon certainly looks good so far. But, again, I'm not sure how to read too much into what they've done yet. Um, UCLA does not. Arizona does not. Uh, Utah looks okay, but like nothing special. So that that November stretch right now, again, there's there's you know seven eight weeks before we get there, looks a little bit more manageable than it might have. Now teams can get better. UCLA could look like a, a much better team by then. We'll see. But you know, yeah, I, I'm I'm optimistic about where we are and and where we can go because some of the games don't maybe look as difficult. Now one that looks harder is that Colorado. They, they look like they found something this year, and they've got something going, and uh, that, that's a game that doesn't look like a picnic like I thought it might be. I may have been a year early on my Steven Montez claim, but, <laughs> but he looked good uh, against He did Colorado. look good, and, and boy, that freshman receiver of theirs, I don't know exactly how to pronounce his name, but he's a beast, and he's going to be all we can handle uh, you know, in a few weeks. So, um, yeah, they, they look like they've kind of got back on track. Now, Nebraska's not great. 
I mean, I think Nebraska is going to be going to get better with Frost. I really do. But let's remember that Nebraska went, you know, three and nine last year and fired their coach. So maybe we shouldn't overreact too much to Colorado winning there. But it was still an impressive win. They came back from eight down at the start of the fourth and you know scored two touchdowns and got the defensive stops. Um, so yeah, it was it was a good win for them. And um, yeah, I mean, I think like I said, right now I think you'd say you know the five six preseason projections. Look pretty good. Maybe they're going to make the media look stupid, but we will see. There's there's ten games to go for each team. Uh, the last team in the South whose game we didn't talk about was uh, U of A traveling to Houston, where in the second half they outscored the Houston Cougars eighteen fourteen. Right. Unfortunately, in the first half they, they were outscored thirty one nine. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 They uh, they played two halves, and it was thirty one nothing, then thirty eight nothing late in the third, I believe. Um, before they finally scored a, a, a few, I think it was 38-3 after three quarters. Um, and Houston kind of put it on cruise control. It's like they put in a, their backup quarterback, at least for a period of time. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, surprising. Um, I thought Houston would win, but I don't think Houston's that good. And they blew them out. Now, maybe Houston's better than I think. Obviously, Ed Oliver is, is as good a player as anybody in the country. And it was um, their home opener. It was. It was, uh, you know. But I, I don't think, I mean, again, preseason projections and what they're worth, who knows? We just I just said that the South projections might not be. But, you know, you look at the American Conference, Houston was not projected to be among the powers. It was, you know, UCF, obviously, USF, Memphis, Navy. Um, Houston was kind of thought to be, you know, more middle middle of the pack type of team in a, in a you know, smaller conference. And, boy, they, they blew their doors off yesterday. So it didn't upset me. Um, you know, I enjoyed it. Uh, and and you know, yeah. two and zero and zero and two. I, I like that dichotomy. If you can keep up that way, I'll be all right. Uh, if you were wondering how good BYU was, Cal went into Provo beat and beat right. the Cougars twenty-one eighteen. Uh, I think perhaps the most interesting stat of the weekend from the North is that Washington State pitched a shutout. Yeah, I saw. Sure, I saw, yeah. sure it's San Jose State, but thirty-one nothing. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're. Um, I'm interested to see what they do because I think uh, I wasn't very high on them. I thought the off season and all the stuff that happened with them was gonna was gonna really lead to a rough year. They beat Wyoming, which I thought they'd lose um, because that was at Wyoming. Wyoming's a solid team. They beat them pretty good last week, and then San Jose's not very good at all. So I don't know what to read into that. But yeah, they they've looked better than I thought so far. Um, I'll be curious to see when they get into conference play, you know, can they keep that up or not? Um, because they still have some flaws, obviously, I think. But, but yeah, the, you know, the North um, was thought, I think, to be better than the South. And, and I think early results, certainly Stanford, USC, if you want to, you know, look at that, two of the top-tier teams. Stanford was, was obviously much the better team last night. I mean, USC couldn't, couldn't get in the end zone. Uh, you know, freshman quarterback struggled a bit on the road, it looked like. So um, the North does look like more of the power, but, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, there's a lot of lot of football to still be played to determine that, I guess. Best game of the day yesterday had to be Clemson going into Texas A&M, Kyle Field, and the Aggies gave them all they could handle, rallying back uh, from a – 28-13 deficit to have a shot to tie the game with a two-point conversion. Yeah. Uh, the pass got picked off. Kellen Mond's two-point conversion attempt was yeah. also a penalty, so it wouldn't have mattered if it was good. Um, but, you know, a great game, big win, and, yeah. and probably 
the toughest game that was left on Clemson's schedule? Well, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, everybody's right now down on the ACC because of, you know, Miami laying an egg, Florida State laying an egg and stuff like that. Uh, You know, things can develop and there could be some there could be some teams in the ACC, Boston College being one. I think I think Boston College might be pretty good. They got a great running back. Um, you know, some NC State. You know, with a with a you know, I guess a fifth year senior, although he feels like a tenth year senior quarterback, Ryan Finley. They could give them a tough time. And and you know, I'm I'm hesitant to write off Florida State, Miami just yet. They've not gotten off a good start. Florida State obviously struggled again last night. Um, but you know, it's it's two weeks. The teams get better, and you know, so. I think Clemson will have tough games ahead, but it was certainly a, a tough test to pass uh, on the road. You know, such a tough place to play, but they passed it barely. Um, I guess their, you know, their pass defense has some weaknesses um, that, that Texas A&M exploited, but uh, they won. But yeah, I think if you're A&M, now they've got a brutal schedule. It's it's tough. I mean, I was looking at it because we're going to see them and. And thinking, you know, if they would win today, where, where could I mean, they got some really got Alabama in a couple weeks. I think they they play LSU at the end of the year. Uh, they play Auburn, obviously. They play Mississippi State. I mean, it's it's not an easy schedule by any means. Um, but they've got something to feel a little bit better about, maybe. And maybe Kellen Mond is, is a player. Uh, I didn't. I mean, I wasn't that impressed with him last year, but maybe Jimbo Fisher has worked some magic with him because he looks like a much different player. Going back to Clemson, the one thing in their favor and why I think that this may have been their toughest game is they get South Carolina at home. They travel to yeah. BC in November, so you're right. If that if BC's good, the weather could be terrible. That could be a tricky one. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but their misses are Miami and Virginia Tech, so yeah. they won't see yeah. either of them until the ACC until title. ACC title game potentially. Yeah, and and, and uh, I mean yeah, it's it's certainly they're the favorites and deservedly so in the ACC, and and uh, you know you would expect that they. Uh, would would be right there at the end, and uh, you know. Now the the interesting thing for me is, can they afford a loss? They've lost the last two years at the ACC to teams that weren't that good, uh, under five hundred teams. Syracuse last year, Pitt the year before, and they survived both of them and got into the playoffs. The ACC doesn't appear to be as strong. I mean, A and M wasn't ranked, and I read last night. I mean, right now they don't have a ranked opponent left on the schedule now. There's a long way to go, and you know BC and NC State teams like that could end up being ranked. But um, if they don't, can they go 11 and one, or is that good enough? Or you know, if, if the Big Ten gives us you know two compelling teams, and the SEC gives us two compelling teams, and maybe the Pac-12 gives us somebody, uh, maybe the Big 12, if Oklahoma continues to play well, like could we be seeing Clemson get left out if they are 11 and one or 12 and one? It's very early to say, but I guess you have to wonder that a bit. And just very quickly on the former ASU quarterback watch, Blake Barnett, 21 of 31 for 202 and two touchdowns yeah. as South he Florida was, offense, the, Georgia Tech. Yep, yep. He had the best week of the three. I saw Memphis lost and, and Virginia lost after they all won last week. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's been it's been interesting. I've, I've uh, followed results of teams that I normally don't follow just to kind of see how these guys do and yeah, Blake Barnett looked pretty good. Maybe he found the right spot for himself. Uh, obviously, Alabama wasn't it, and neither was ASU when it came down to it. And, and what I hope is that Manny can continue to play well, and that you know we can say, like, look, I'm happy for Blake Barnett. I got no ill will toward him. Uh, I, I'll be happy for Brady White, Bryce Perkins if they have success. I was last week, 
uh, those guys especially, they started here, and, and, you know, I can see why they left. It made sense. But I want Manny to continue to play well so that I can say, you know what, we got the right guy, but good for those guys. They, they're they playing well, too. That That's the best outcome for everybody as far as I'm concerned. Today is the first day of the full NFL slate on Sundays. I'm going to be in Lambeau. And yes, yes. we're going to be enjoying all kinds of fun action. But we will be back next week to preview the San Diego State game. We'll talk about what happened in the NFL and maybe even baseball playoff picture, although it's too early and Matt and my interests are so not aligned that it might be worth just skipping over for a while. It might be. It might be, yeah. But, you know, hey, right now right now, it's looking like both teams are going to at least get in the playoffs um, in what order, I'm not sure. But uh, they got the best two records in the, in the National League. So if that keeps up, they'll, they'll both be in when the playoffs start, at least. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.